This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. Welcome back to another edition of First Down Dynasty, right here, wherever you decide to find your favorite podcast on your favorite podcast network. I'm, of course, talking about the Sports Ethos Radio Network. I am your host. I am Eric Kravit, a.k.a. The Crav. Joined, as always, across the internet, across county lines, multiple state highways, and parkways. I have the person who has who is having the worst fantasy season I've seen him have in quite some time. It is Bill Nye, the dynasty guy. Yes, well... I mean, in, in our business with what we do, we kind of have to just acknowledge what is happening and steer right into it. It is not pretty. It is an ugly world out there, although some teams are making comebacks. It, it Overall, it is it, it is not good. I went from you know, two years ago being in you know six out of ten finals, and this year, if I make three playoffs, I will consider that a good season. I'd feel bad Um, for you if we weren't in every single league that I'm in. True. So it sucks to be you. (laughs) Follow us on Twitter at BNK Radio, at FDD underscore Dynasty. And find us anywhere you find a podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc., etc. And this week, going into week 10, I cannot believe it's already week 10. More than halfway through the fantasy football season, we're already here. It feels like the season just started last week. But then I look at my 9-0 and teams, my 8-1 and teams, my 7-2 and teams, and then I say, yeah, it makes sense. Nine weeks have gone by, and my teams have just been blessed enough to be very good. Partially because in a lot of my teams, specifically my redraft teams and some dynasties, I took a giant swing in rookie drafts and in redrafts, and I said, you know what? I don't care if he wasn't taken by the Carolina Panthers. I don't care if he's on the Houston Texans throwing to Tank Dallas buddy from college and Nico Collins, and now all of a sudden Noah Brown's coming in hot. Dalton Schultz has been a top 10 quarterback, not quarterback, tight end for the past few weeks. C.J. Stroud just had the best game for a rookie in the history of the National Football League from the quarterback position. And I said it very quickly, but the levity behind that statement should not be dismissed. There have been some unbelievable quarterbacks to play in this league. Peyton Manning, his rookie season was bad. Andrew Luck, great rookie season. Trevor Lawrence recently, great rookie season. Patrick Mahomes, sort of his rookie season, his first year starting, incredible. And none of these people in the history of the NFL, in the National Football League, not one person has had a game as ridiculous as C.J. Stroud had. 470 passing yards, five touchdowns, no interceptions. Still has only thrown one interception over the course of the entire year to a 15-touchdown clip. Hooking up with Tank Dell, like I said, his buddy from college on multiple occasions this week in one of the biggest roller coaster games I could remember. And it wasn't even one of, it wasn't even the biggest roller coaster game of the weekend. We're gonna talk about that in a little bit. But Will, I know you also have shares of CJ Stroud. 
I know you weren't expecting anything like this, at least this early on in his career, but I want to know, are you holding him? Are you going to try to flip him? You're going to try to sell him? Are you going to ride this off into the sunset and hope Houston continues to stack premier talent around what seems to be their future franchise quarterback? Well, honestly, I think it's a bad idea to try to quarterback in season, especially if, um, you know, you're still in it, depending on what you potentially get back. I have received over the last 48 hours, multiple trade offers in different leagues for CJ Stroud. And so far I have declined every single one of them. And, you know, as a rookie, it's not always, um, the best insight as to what a guy is going to do is like, they obviously do get better, but when you start seeing this out of a rookie and, when you just think of where the Texans were to where they are now, and you watch the highlights of that game, you see a guy that was coming out of Ohio state and everyone had a few questions about mobility and some explosiveness, but they said he was, you know, a good solid quarterback. Now everyone thought Bryce Young was special, but undersized and everyone thought Richardson was special and a big guy and was going to run the ball. Well, they were right on both of those accounts, but, you know, their flaws have become very evident in, in, you know, the first part of their rookie season. And C.J. Stroud has, you know, just been solid from, you know, week one, not too great. And then this week especially was something else. And if you're able to see that capability now, I have no reason to not believe that he's capable, not of doing that, that's, that's one of those ridiculous games, but definitely being one of those guys that is definitely, you know, a top six quarterback, both, you know, for fantasy purposes in the future. Not right now, but like, he definitely seems like a guy to me that could be like, you know, the level of consistency of like a Drew Brees, 250 to 300 yards, three touchdowns. Like that's the kind of guy I like get a vibe from that he's capable of doing week in and week out in the future. And right now I would not trade him. What was the best offer you received? Because you said you're not trading him, but I know you were at least almost pretending to be tempted. Um, the best offer I got, uh, most of them were bad, were bad. The best offer I got involved two first-round picks the next two years and two quarterbacks, actually. However, the quarterbacks were Matthew Stafford, who's hurt and at the end of his career, as well as Baker Mayfield, who at any given year may or may not have a job with any one random team in the league. Nothing but a sure thing, even though he has played well this year. That's basically two QB3, a QB3 in Baker Mayfield and a borderline QB1-2 in Stafford that obviously is banged up again and has been solid but not great and is on the downturn of his career. So that's the best offer I received. But like I said, at this point in time, not enough in the immediate future for me to consider. All right. I mean, I don't mind it. You, if I'm a, if I'm a tanker, like before the season, I found a way to trade Jared Goff for CJ Stroud in, a, in the 32 team dynasty league. And I even got a pick back. I traded away Jared Goff and Rashad Penny. And because that team is tanking and it's a max points a lot points uh, force team, 
I should say. I had to get rid of C.J. Stroud because we have seven first-round draft picks this year, five of which will be in the top 12. And it's possible that we can stack Marvin Harrison with either Drake May or Caleb Williams or something like that. And I didn't want to jeopardize that. So I traded away C.J. Stroud for one of those top five picks and another first-round pick, which is trending to be somewhere in the 11-12 range. Was that recently or like at the start of the It was at the beginning of the year. It was preseason. But if I'm in a league like that, I think I would still make that trade. Oh, no, it, it definitely depends. In my current situation, in most of my teams, I'm middle of the pack. I am not guaranteed a high pick whatsoever. If they offered, you know, multiple, you know, 2024 picks that were first rounders and I had a bad team that was in the running for a topic, you know, that's a different story. You could easily take one draft and change it over, especially if you told me I was guaranteed one of Caleb, Drake or Penix. Uh, but I'm not in that position. So I couldn't possibly make one of those trades at this point in time. All right. I could appreciate that. Um, some quarterback that I did also trade away, and I still don't regret it, is Joshua Benjamin Evelyn Dobbs. No longer is it so Joshua well. Benjamin Evelyn Gordon. It is now Joshua Benjamin Evelyn Dobbs. Because Joshua Benjamin Evelyn Dobbs is a beast and proves that the jets are full of shit we could talk about that another time but josh dobbs led the minnesota vikings to one of the most improbable comeback from behind victories you'll ever see in the history of football this is a really good weekend for the nfl itself fantasy football not so much a lot of low scoring games on the fantasy football field but in the actual nfl itself what a goddamn soap opera weekend it was and it was highlighted the headliner josh dobbs traded for on the trade deadline last tuesday to the minnesota vikings to sort of take over the role left vacant by kirk cousins when he tore his acl jaron hall was supposed to be the starter he did start that game taken out almost immediately by a concussion immediately ruled out And then came Josh Dobbs, who didn't know anybody's names. He needed help in the huddle. He was drawing up plays on his hand like he was in the backyard in an elementary school. And Josh Dobbs tore it up. Come back from behind victory. All of a sudden, like like he was a top 12 quarterback in fantasy going into that game. He's number eight right now, Will. Josh Dobbs is a freak of nature. You know, imagine if that offense actually looks better with a quarterback that's capable, not saying he's Kirk Cousins, but a quarterback that's capable, but also moves around a lot better than Kirk Cousins does. Because uh, you definitely saw a lot of that on display, help keep plays alive. And, you know, they may or may not get um, Justin Jefferson back possibly this week, most likely maybe a little bit longer, but, you know, we'll see on that. But just absolutely crazy. Like he would go into the huddle and basically just straight up, not even get the whole play, ask, all right, what do I have on the right? What do I have on the left? To like his receivers, like who's going to be where? I'm like, okay, you look for the ball. Like that's, this is literally the basic on the simplest level conversations you could possibly have regarding um, a football play. And up until the mic was cut off in his headset, he was literally getting the dogged down, like um, peewee school football level of, play description because he literally did not have time to learn anything and it was impressive uh 
on so many levels. And a guy like Josh Dobbs, he's been on like six teams in the last like calendar year, I think, or something like that. But someone next year is going to give this man a job because at the very least, he has proved that he could keep you in games. And what he just did, you do not see stuff like that. Um, but ironically, you saw it last year, if you remember the Baker Mayfield situation with the Rams. Signed a few days, like two or three days. Is pretty much the same thing? Signed with two or three days, ended up winning a game. It, it, um, what, what Baker did was impressive. It wasn't. It wasn't Pablo Sanchez in backyard football levels of impressive. Or backyard baseball. Either way, nobody's Pablo Sanchez. But no, no, it no, was I, of I, the I, same. Would say, I would say Josh Dobbs is Pablo Sanchez. They're both bald. They're both playing backyard football, and they're both killing it. Yeah, but uh, the the Baker situation does have to be included in that it was literally the same exact thing. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, i'm not saying it wasn't i'm not saying it's not the same thing i will say however that what dobbs did was significantly more impressive yes what's also impressive is somehow i started jared allen um not jared allen um jaron hall jaron hall and clayton tune in a league and i ended up winning that league somehow between getting four points between uh, well isn't, isn't that nice for you it it was nice because I was definitely not expecting it, and that was some really weird magic there. But Josh Dobbs may very well save Minnesota's season. That was looking like they were, you know, more inclined to be going after a Caleb or a May very soon. I mean, with no Kirk Cousins and no Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson will eventually come back. There's no there's no traction on that just yet. Um, other other players are having their windows to practice open, like Khalil Herbert. He started practicing today. He's supposed to play Thursday and need a full day of practice. The rumor I hate Thursday. Is, uh, Thursday games are the worst, but we were talking about it a little bit off air. Um, because both teams are so god awful, it's gonna be a fun game. It's gonna be a really fun, nice game to just watch for a lot of offense. James Connor's window might open on Wednesday to get him sort of back into the fold. Kyler Murray is now back. He's starting this week because Clayton Toon looked dreadful. And it was against one of the best defenses in the league in the Cleveland Browns in that game, that Thursday night game, I think week 15 or 16, the Jets play Cleveland on Thursday night around Christmas. I don't remember which week it is, but that's going to be a defensive battle. That, that That's the exception to the rule. Um, uh, with what I said about bad teams playing on Thursday. Night. If they gain ten yards with this current offense, I would be shocked. I, I, I would, I would be pleasantly surprised. I, w- I would go that far to say. Um, but yeah, um, Ky- Kyler is back, and I know is he better than ever. Um, uh, he's not the Hess truck. He is not Mike and Mike on ESPN Radio. Um, but he could still be good. I mean, he'll, he'd be better than Clayton Tune was, no doubt about it. Uh, maybe recency bias is setting in is setting in here. I don't know if he's going to be better than Josh Dobbs was. At least that's, the iteration the of at, at, at least the iteration of Josh Dobbs we saw with the Vikings. When Dobbs was with the Cardinals, he did not look nearly as good. He also had worse Sometimes. weapons around him. But he didn't look as good. It's it's scary to think about, honestly. Yeah. That Dobbs actually could still end up being better than Kyler. Because, got, remember, Kyler can be explosive, but he had a lot of flaws. 
And that team is going nowhere. And that team is gearing towards having a top pick and another quarterback um, in their future. So for Kyler, this is really it. You either are going to, it's not fair, but you're going to have to prove quickly that you can be a quarterback that can lead a team in the next few weeks, or they're going to draft your replacement. It's good. That's what's going to happen. And he's going to get Ertz back in a few weeks, but he has Brown. McBride has looked good for the last few weeks, but there isn't a whole lot, you know, there. Michael Wilson is kind of, you know, the standard rookie does a few nice games, then kind of retreats a little bit. And he was hurt this past week, obviously. But, you know, not like a tremendous amount to work with. James Conner is still out. So the running game has been virtually non-existent since that has happened. You know, it's it puts Kyler in a tough spot. And ultimately, unfortunately, I think, you know, they're more likely to trade him in the offseason and draft, you know, one of those uh, top QBs. But, you know, he is coming back from the torn ACL just as he comes back from one. The league loses another one to a torn ACL. Daniel Jones just coming back from the neck injury down quickly. Sucks. Uh, it sucks to be it sucks to be a Giants fan. It sucks obviously to be Daniel Jones in a in a year where he came in and a lot under a lot of scrutiny. He got a lot of money in the offseason and now the Giants are stuck with him until next year. And now the Giants are gonna have to use a high draft pick on a quarterback. And they'll have uh they'll have two uh, They'll have at least two solid ones because they'll have their first. They'll have their second. They also have Seattle's second because they traded away Leonard Williams for that second round pick, which I think was a really good move for the Giants. It it, it sucks. It doesn't suck that much for Saquon Barkley because he's going to see the ball 35 times a game at least. And like this is going to sound really weird. But Tommy DeVito didn't look horrendous throughout that game. Like he he had the first completion, he threw two interceptions, but after those interceptions, after the nerves settled, he almost looked like a quarterback. Well, he's going to have a few more weeks to determine if he looks like one. <laughs> yeah. Um and like I said, there was a week due to injuries, I started Clayton Tune and Jaron Hall. So Kravitz I have a claim in for Tommy DeVito. No, you don't. I absolutely do. That is so sad. <laughs> you might as well. You, like, like... Look, I have I, Anthony I the... Richardson on IR. I, I have wish... Stafford out. Oh, my God. I wish the Rams were playing this week so you could at least grab Carson Wentz, who signed with the Rams today. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But you actually have a claim in for Tommy DeVito? I have no choice. Bro, oh my god. My my roster, except for the guys on our I currently have on my bench Clayton Tune, Jaron Allen, and PJ Walker, who's filling in for obviously Deshaun Watson. So Jeez. literally, I'm starting this week in a superflex, Josh Dobbs, and that's it. I literally have no choice. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. Well, you the other my... sad part is the team isn't that bad either. <laughs> you have my deepest and darkest condolences, bud, because that is just <laughs> a heartbreaker. Um, we got a couple of other heartbreakers. Not nothing as bad as we'll make a claim for Tommy DeVito. <laughs> uh, wait, wait, wait. 
What? If there's one I have to mention that I do feel horrible what? for. What? Well, I, I, I want to. I gotta get there. I, I, I am the captain now. Okay. Are you but, I mean, that goes along with this. Are you talking about Cam Akers? I am talking about Cam Akers. Of course, you're talking about Cam Akers. He tore an Achilles, but on his other foot. He tore. He tore one. He came back. He looks pretty good. He had a terrible attitude problem. Got traded to the Vikings. He didn't look all that great, and he tore his other Achilles. His football career has got to be done, right? As a running back, I got to believe so. Uh, no, no, no. Like, not, not as a running back. What else is he going to do? No, no. Like, if he was a quarterback, I'd say his career is not 100% over. But as a running back, like, he definitely lost a little bit of burst after the one Achilles. I still don't think he was ever fully, like, 100% back from it. But with the other one now, like... He's going to get cut in the offseason, and I really would be hard-pressed to find a team that's going to do anything more than offer him a camp invite for 2025. His career, it's got to be over. It sucks. You never want to see somebody go out that way, but his career has got to be over. Trey Burks is still in concussion protocol. He just has not found a way to stay healthy. He did come back, took a nasty hit, nasty fall. Had to be stretchered off. He ended up being sort of okay. He's in concussion protocol. We don't know if and when he's going to come back. But the Titans look to be in a little bit of a state of flux because as of today, as of day of recording, they announced that Will Levis is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season. And if you Thank watched God. if you watched their last game, that Tennessee Titans offense, other than, of course, Traylon Burks, Looked like it had a little bit of a pep in its step. A little, a little bit of shake and bake. Derrick Henry looked pretty good. DeAndre Hopkins didn't score three touchdowns. He had five catches. He looked okay. Even Nick Westbrook-Akine is getting in on it. Honestly, Serviceable. Yeah, the, the, the person who suffered, in quotes, the most was Tajay Spears. Because right now, Derrick Henry looks like Derrick Henry from a few years ago. Uh, and all of a sudden... You're not in third and long passing situations and able to take him Henry out every other play. It, it, it's kind of crazy that just a change to a quarterback who puts mayonnaise in his coffee can change an entire culture in a football team in Tennessee. Absolutely goddamn crazy. Um, do you think that Will Levis is actually going to be able to keep some of these guys fantasy relevant? Do you have DeAndre Hopkins anywhere? Are you worried? Do you have uh, Derrick Henry anywhere? Are you excited that maybe Will Levis, you know, can throw the ball further than 10 yards down the field so Henry won't see eight in the box every play? How do you think from a fantasy football perspective this affects the Tennessee Titans? Uh, I absolutely think it's great for pretty much everybody. The only Titan I've really owned all season was Traylon Burks in a few leagues, and that obviously has not worked out well at all. Um, but if you're Derrick Henry owners... You may have been granted a gift for the stretch run. Same with DeAndre Hopkins owners. And, you know, potentially even uh, Aquanwu getting uh, back more involved as they do love the tight ends in that offense. So that might be a thing as well. And I think you can only be happy. I mean, as good as Ryan Tannehill had been for years in Tennessee, uh, his time is done. And Will Levis gave the team a spark. And, you know, I'm more concerned with him keeping 
um, his girlfriend's situation cleared up more than I am with his producing role players because I think they are going to do just fine for the rest of the season. That situation, not so sure about. A little, little, little bit of sketchiness happening over there. But I will say um, that things do look good for the Tennessee Titans for the rest of the season. And things are looking good. Obviously, we mentioned a few injuries, but are looking good for a lot of running backs that have been out for quite some time. Everyone is trending up. And we get my boy um, David Montgomery back this week, most likely. Should be fascinating. I mean, we're coming off the best game of Jameer Gibbs' career. And yeah, of course, he's a rookie. He's only got, what, seven or eight of them? So, like, I get... I get saying the best game of his career is, you know, hyperbolic at best. It was, though. But it, it it was one of the best games we've seen out of a running back in general all season long. And now that, you know, Dan Campbell has seen that, does he go back to David Montgomery being the bell cow, 25 carries a game at the goal line, and Jameer Gibbs coming in just to be the spellback on passing downs, maybe second and longs, third and longs, that sort of stuff? Or do you think that we're finally – as Jameer Gibbs people going to see more of a, at least in my opinion, as somebody who has a healthy amount of Jameer Gibbs, a healthy coexistence between David Montgomery and Gibbs. And I know you as a Montgomery owner are really hoping for what it was pre-injury, but do you think we're going to get back to that? I think you are going to get back to that mostly. Not, not exactly, but I definitely think, you know, maybe it's a 60-40 now. Uh, but I definitely think you saw at times Gibbs had a great game, not taking any of that away from him. But I still think, you know, Montgomery is still a very good running back and he is definitely a more between the tackles runner. I really think they want to keep Gibbs as fresh as possible. And we've seen two back systems uh, like this. Gibbs is in the Camaro role. And Montgomery is definitely in, you know, like the Latavius money, Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram role. Um Sidebar. And, we gotta start yeah. calling him Latavius Money from now on. That I know that, that was that was that was a good slip up. That, that, that was a good I know, slip I know up. I that like was it. an accident, but that that's a legitimate nickname, and we have to keep that going moving forward. Continue. That wasn't bad, but it had to be said. <laughs> uh, but he is playing the Latavius Murray, Mark Ingram role, as it, like if it was the Saints' offense. So there's definitely a role for both. I definitely think Montgomery is going to keep the goal line touches. I definitely think they missed him in that respect overall. Uh, as he's been out those games this year. But I do think Gibbs is showing he is capable. I just think, similar to the Tony Pollard argument, I definitely think there's a role. Oh, and you just have to stay in the role because, Previn, overall, as the season has gone on, Pollard has looked less and less like him that we saw last year. And because I don't think he's meant to take these types of runs and these types of hits, I feel the same way with Jamar Gibbs. Mm, Jameer, number one. Jameer. Put some respect Jamar, on Jameer. his name. Jamar is in a cool name like Latavius Money. We we have to make sure that we do this the right way for him. But getting back to Tony Pollard, he is coming off of an ankle injury towards the end of last year. And since then, like he hasn't looked that great. I'm not saying it's the only reason he looks bad. I'm saying that it has to be some sort of a contributing factor because we, we, we were both in agreement that Tony Pollard as the bell cub might not be in the best interest of the Dallas Cowboys because he looked really, really good being the 60 in the 60 40 split. And right now he doesn't have that with Deuce Vaughn or Rico Dottle or whoever 
Dallas decides to trot out behind him. They signed Martavis Bryant today, coming back into the league for the first time in five years. He's only 31 years old, which is infuriating. So disgustingly infuriating that here, sitting here, I'm 33, you're 34. Just, it, it breaks my heart to see a 31-year-old out of the league for five years still be good enough to sign with the Dallas Cowboys of all teams, a team that is desperate for another wide receiver opposite CeeDee Lamb, and they better not cut into Jake Ferguson's touches, I swear to God. But good for Martavis Bryant, I suppose. I mean, I hope it works out. It didn't really work out for your boy, Joshua Evelyn Gordon. Uh, yeah, I know. We talked about David Montgomery coming back. Um, not this week, but next week, week 11, Devon A. Chan is coming back for the Miami Dolphins. They have a bye week this week, so he'll be ready for the home stretch for the Dolphins, who all of a sudden are starting to look a little bit human. Uh, the narrative is there. We're nine games deep for the Dolphins. They can't beat the good teams, and they beat the crap out of the bad teams. But that's what good teams do. Good teams beat the teams they're supposed to beat, and... In Germany, they did put up a fight against the Chiefs. It's not like the Chiefs had a crazy good day and they won by multiple touchdowns. There was a defensive touchdown in that game that if it didn't happen, that's an entirely different ball game. 14-14, both offenses looked stagnant. In fact, it was the worst Travis Kelsey game since week one of 2018. Will, how do you feel about be that being a Travis uh, Kelsey guy? Um... Can't say I'm happy. Okay, that's uh, definitely. I definitely had a shot to win this week, but once he put up that, my my week was over. Yeah, but but, but uh, back to the actual thing about the Dolphins and Devon Achan. Does his return help them beat better teams? Because Raheem Mostert, since Achan has come, uh, gotten hurt, has looked completely human. I think it's easier to when you start taking you take weapons away, everyone looks worse. I think it doesn't help that Waddle is not 100%. Uh, I think they had one injury on their offensive line, but shouldn't be a major deal. Um, and Tyreek has still been uh, good, but I don't think he's been you know, quite as dominant the last few weeks. Still putting up solid numbers, but not like the crazy craziness that we were seeing as teams kind of adjust how they defend the Dolphins and try to even you know, favor him more. So I definitely think it's going to help. It's going to help open things up. The speed does kill. But the the real takeaway for me from that game is, you know, going into the air, you talk about who the top defense were in the league, and pretty much those teams are at the top. Uh, San Francisco has taken off a little bit. Defense not quite as good as we expected, but the Jets, the Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens especially, all top defenses in the league. But I didn't have the Kansas City Chiefs defense as a top defense in the league. And they are, you know, maybe they're not quite Baltimore or Cleveland, but they are right there as one of the top defenses in the league, which is actually terrifying that the offense is the thing that might be holding them back right now. And, you know, obviously we know they don't have great receivers. Like they obviously don't have Tyreek and they've always been a little bit sketchy behind their number one receiver. But right now you're getting nothing out of MVS. You're getting nothing out of Sky Moore. You're getting nothing, barely anything out of Christian, uh, not Christian Watson, uh, but Justin Watson. And, you know, Rasheed Rice is the only one that's showing you a little bit, and even he is not quite doing 
enough to really be called the number one receiver. I mean, he's a rookie in a Patrick Mahomes-led offense. Mahomes is always going to be the star. That That's sort of why Tyreek didn't really fit in. It was always going to be the Patrick Mahomes show. And, of course, Tyreek, even though Will said at the beginning of the year, not a top 15 wide receiver for Dynasty, you're never going to live that one down. I apologize. He still needed that person. And tra- yeah, go ahead. No, you wanted to say something? Go. Go ahead. I still meant if you're drafting a startup team, there's a lot of other receivers that should go first, and I'm still not wrong about that. For a guy that may play one year only. We've already gone over this. You can justifiably take 15 younger receivers that have more than a year and a half playing left in their career ahead of Tyreek Hill. You can be very happy for one year, but that's all it is. For a dynasty startup, you can find a lot of other receivers you can justify. Taking. I guess. All right, move, moving forward, moving forward. Anyway, moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Devon HN coming back. We were talking about the Dolphins. I don't know how we pivoted all the way to the Chiefs. Um, Devon HN coming back week they eleven. Faced each other. Um, but I, I would I would argue the more important return, more important than uh, Devon HN, more important than David Montgomery, more important than James Conner, more important than Khalil Herbert, even more important than Debo Samuel. Kyron Williams is coming back week 12. And if I told you in the beginning of the year that Kyron Williams coming back for the playoff stretch would be the biggest comeback for his shareholders, you you would have me committed to an insane asylum. But Kyron Williams this year has been nothing short, uh, I think, nothing short of phenomenal. He's been incredible. No, it has been. Well, let's, I have a, let's I have a dynasty side. team. Yeah, what, what? I, I've... I have a dynasty team that is currently waiting on Khalil Herbert, Devin A. Chain, and Kyron Williams to get off IR. Are, are you doing well One in team. these leagues? This this particular league, I'm six and three. Hey, that, that that that's your best team. Yep, and when I get them back, oh, it's gonna be scary. Hopefully, yeah, I I, I hope so for your sake too. But I'm looking. I had at... to start. Oh, sorry, I just I had okay. to start Dalvin Cook last week. I had to start Keaton Mitchell last week. Well, that worked out well. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Don't you worry. We'll, we'll talk about how lucky I got with Keaton Mitchell in a minute, but we have to talk about Kyron Williams. Um, his last game was week six against Arizona. 20 carries, 150, 20, 20 carries, 158 yards in the touchdown. That's the game that he hurt his ankle in. Other than, other than the Philadelphia game where they got shellacked and the game against Cincinnati, um, he has looked remarkable. 17 and a half point, 28 points, 28 points, 26 points. And, and he hasn't, he, he's still a top 60 player in fantasy football. And he hasn't played since week seven. He also has a receiving touchdown, six rushing touchdowns over 550 all purpose yards in the limited time that he has seen. Kyron Williams is going to win people some leagues when he comes back. Cause they don't have any, anything right now in terms of a run game they, they they have royce freeman they have daryl henderson they, they who else do they have they have nobody they have absolutely goddamn nobody on that team right now kyron williams is going to be the bell cow of that team moving forward i will say their only fantasy friendly matchup is arizona week 12 when he comes back and the next best matchup for them is the Giants in Week 17. 
They're against Cleveland, Baltimore, Washington, and New Orleans in that stretch. All of those teams have pretty solid run defenses, but I don't think it matters because Kyron Williams is just going to get every opportunity to make plays. Well, Washington no longer scares me without Chase uh, Young and Montez Sweat. So that one, not too bad. But yeah, back-to-back Cleveland and Baltimore, that's oof, that's rough. And they play each other this week. That game's going to be a rough game for all offense related to that. So I'm sorry about I don't think Lamar's going to have a great game, but that's just me. Hey, I got um, Kyler Murray to back him up. Maybe I put Kyler you Murray and You never know. I don't even know who they face this week, but that's you know, neither here nor there. Uh, I get, I'll tell you in a second. Hold on. I don't think it's a – it's not. It's I don't not think a, it's a great matchup. It's it's not a great matchup. You you would be wait. Do they play New that. England? Actually, no. They play Atlanta. They play Atlanta. That should be fine because Arthur Smith doesn't know what he's doing. Let Bijan touch the ball, Arthur. Let him do it. <laughs> I, I just I don't understand how you draft the guy in the top ten and the guy can't get his hands on the ball, let alone in the red zone, which he has one carry within the five yard line all year long. They they would just, rather hand the ball off. Uh, to Jonathan Smith, you would get a you would get a rushing attempt before Bijan Robinson. That is scary. I I, I want to read an Arthur Smith quote to you. Oh God. Um, while describing Bijan Robinson, you know the quote, but mm-hmm. other uh, our listeners may not. While describing Bijan Robinson, Arthur Smith said, and I quote: "His impact away from the ball can open things up." Do you want to know, Will, what would open things up even more? Growing to Bijan? Putting the ball in his motherfucking hands. There you go. I haven't, um, I haven't used but... an F-bomb at all since we joined Sports Ethos. And I wanted to be very careful and concise where I dropped it. And I can't think of a better goddamn time than to say, give B. John Robinson the motherfucking ball. They're giving Tyler out. Cordaro Patterson is getting carries out of the backfield before B. John Robinson is. At the beginning of the year, B. John was fine. He he had um, 10 carries, 19 carries. He had 19 carries week two against Green Bay for 124 yards. Had 105 yards against Jacksonville. Hasn't sniffed 65 since. He, he he's only getting 11 carries a game 14 carries a game he's getting some targets not a lot like you drafted this person like will said in the top 10 tyler algier yes was good for you last year ran up for over 1000 yards but if you're going to go out of your way to draft a player like b john robinson how can you not use him to the fullest potential that he's got 215 pound 511 running back he 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 had 51 yards on 11 carries only saw 61 percent of the snaps only had 13 touches he lost the fumble which is bad they're they're doing 13 touches will they're doing everything wrong but like tyler algier had a thousand yards rushing last year however many touches he has Bijan with that same amount of touches would probably get you 1,400 or 1,500 yards because he's just that dynamic. Now, Arthur Smith's idiotic quote is problematic for a few reasons. One, it's kind of true. I'll give him that because multiple guys that could do things on a field together 
take attention away from each other and you have to read which play is the right play. Is it going to a top draft pick in Drake London? No, we can't throw Drake London the ball um, enough. Oh, how about we go to the high draft pick tight end? No, we got to go to the backup and third string tight ends to get anything out of him because we can't throw the ball to our freak of nature tight end named Kyle Pitts. So we can't throw to Kyle Pitts. We sporadically throw to Drake London. And we can't get Bijan involved because he has to open everything up for other players. And not only Basically, that... what we're saying, we're Tyler Algier and Janu Smith should not be out-touching and have being out-used above Bijan, Pitts, and London. And, and then on top of that, last year, their starting quarterback was Marcus Mariota. Um, they kept him in way too long. Because they had drafted Desmond Ritter, and they didn't see what Desmond Ritter had until it was too late. This year, they saw what Desmond Ritter had and said, you know what? We kind of like this. And all Desmond Ritter did was turn over the football. They kept him in for an extended period of time. And now they're starting Taylor Heineke on a short leash, who, by the way, continued not to feed Kyle Pitts. Drake London was hurt. That's obviously why he didn't get the ball. And B. John Robinson had one of his worst games of the season, actually. Other than the quote-unquote sick game, it was his worst showing of the season. So I don't know what the deal with the Atlanta Falcons is. I said before this season they'll have a high enough draft pick to pick a quarterback. It looks like I'll be wrong about that, but I'm not wrong about the assessment that they are a goddamn dumpster fire. As long as Arthur Smith is there with or without his mustache. I don't care about the configuration of your facial hair. You need to figure out how to get your star players involved. I don't care if you trade for a quarterback. God damn it. Bring in Josh Dobbs next year. He could do it with freaking KJ Osborne, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, and and Alexander Madison. You, You give Josh Dobbs, B. John Robinson, Drake London, and Kyle Pitts. That could be a top 10 offense. It very well could. But, but, and, and, just, and he could have been had for a sixth round draft pick. Minnesota probably. traded a six for Josh Dobbs in a seventh. That is the least amount of compensation you could trade in the NFL for somebody. It is the, it is the equivalent of picking somebody up off the waiver wire for zero fab. That is what the Vikings did to get a starting quarterback in the NFL. The Atlanta Falcons couldn't do it. And the goddamn New York Jets couldn't do it. Well, evidently, that's either Aaron Rodgers' call or the owner's call, but it very clearly after press conferences is not the GM's call or the head coach's call. So once again, someone doing something stupid uh, with the Jets, which is not shocking. Same old Jets. We, we, we suffer. But as long as Arthur Smith is there, bad decisions are going to be made, and you would assume that he would be better than this, but evidently he's not. So you might as well like trade Bijan Robinson to a team with a high first round pick that already has a quarterback and get the quarterback because if you're not going to use him anyway, at least get help yourself get a quarterback because what we're seeing right now makes no sense football wise. It definitely doesn't make sense dynasty or fantasy wise, but even beyond that, it does not make sense football wise. So it, it, it's it, it it I feel like Will Ferrell in like a glass case of emotion right now. You're certainly emotional. And I very rarely get emotional. Well, not like this anyway. Do you know how 
mind-numbingly, painstakingly stupid you need to be to get a response like this out of me. Like, like genuinely, it is real hard to get me, like, angry. This is true. It is so beyond any comprehension that Arthur Smith could be this stupid when it comes to the handling of his team. It's so mind-numbingly stupid that I hate to say it that Robert Sala could be this mind-numbingly stupid when it comes to the handling of his team. And I know you said that it might be Aaron Rodgers forcing Zach Wilson to continue to be there. It might be Woody Johnson forcing him to be there, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. What, 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 why does it matter? Like, what? why does it matter to Woody Johnson if Zach Wilson is starting or not? I could see why, why Aaron Rodgers might be a little trepidatious I, about I it. I couldn't give you an answer. Because uh, Zach Wilson and, and, and Rodgers apparently are cut from the same cloth. Whatever that whatever that goddamn means. I don't know if I like that, if I'm being completely honest with you. But that's the way it is. So I can see Aaron Rodgers sticking up for his buddy, being like, hey, the kid's got to learn. The kid's been learning literally for three years now. Drafted number two overall. I understand that he's young. But when you have guys come into systems and play goddamn backyard football and win football games with less talent than the Jets have, it's insane. You also need to fix the offensive line, but every team always has to fix their offensive line. Can we talk about something else? Can we talk about dropping Sky more now? Because I'm getting really pissed off talking about this. I really wish it wasn't the case, but it's it's getting to that point. They're, all the Chiefs receivers are really just not involved, and when you shut down Travis Kelsey, there's no offense altogether. It's Isaiah Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, and then that's basically it. Although, uh, Jarek McKinnon had himself an okay day, which McKinnon season usually doesn't start until December. So we're kind of getting a sneak preview, I guess, as they head into their bye week. Uh, which, by the way, McKinnon season is a thing come the month of December for whatever reason with the Chiefs. So after Thanksgiving, if he's available, I would go pick him up. That's a side recommendation. Um, but yeah, not good for him. Not good for Michael Gallup either. A lot of uh, veterans getting aged out at this point in the season for the young blood. Should I say? It's awful. It sucks. Or it's uh, amazing. I, I mean, it depends. Like I've been sitting here for four years waiting for AJ Dillon season, and it's never come. So I don't know. <laughs> I, I would love AJ Dillon season to come. I don't know if and when that's going to happen. And Aaron Jones looks like he's back to himself again. So expect him to take yeah. the back seat. Um. Again. I, for one, think Michael Thomas can safely be dropped, and I know that you are in the opposite camp because up until this week, he had been very consistent. Very consistently like a low wide receiver four. But, the, yeah, but consistent but nonetheless. Quality. That's still quality, especially in Dynasty. Like, yes, I don't know what happened this past week. Uh, it was very clearly an Olave uh, Rashid game. Uh, but I, I definitely don't think he can be dropped. He's still going to be utilized in that offense. And, you know, there's a lot of injuries. You could probably use a healthy body right now, right, Crab? I didn't hear a word you just said. I said you probably could use a healthy body in some leagues right now, couldn't you? Oh, my God. You have no... he's, he's a healthy body. No, no, no. I need a healthy body at tight end because we lost Dallas Goddard this week for an extended period of time. Darren Waller was put on IR for an extended period of time. So I oh, need... Oh, tight ends. What? Oh, tight ends. Yeah. 
You don't got to talk to me about that. In the league where I'm 9-0, and have not lost the game yet, thank you very much. I had Darren Waller, got put on IR. I traded for Dallas Goddard, got put on IR. And now I have zero tight ends on my roster. So I am going to the waiver wire, and I am going to try my best to pick up somebody just to have a goddamn warm body. Uh, uh, to have there is there is there. no one available in that league though. oh I don't, you don't you don't got to tell me i've been there i've been living it will I, i've been i've been there jack i know it sucks it also sucks to be somebody who has michael gallup on your roster because he's droppable too jalen tolbert's catching touchdowns over michael gallup now it only took him three years so it is possible three years later things happen you never know i guess or was it just last year either way a guy that could barely see the field his rookie year now finally doing things. So good for him. But, uh, yeah, Dallas has a wide receiver problem after C.D. Lamb. Brandon Cooks, who, you know, you expected, given their style of offense, would be able to stretch the field and do his thing. That hasn't happened either. And that's another unfortunate thing. Uh, I Not mean, one, I one of us drafted Brandon Cooks in the fifth round, and the other one of us didn't. Just, just saying, just throwing that out there. You know, you can take that for what you will. Uh, so yes, that's clearly the reason. But anyway, uh, I mean, your your name might might or might not be Eugene. You never know. I don't even want to try to make a, address <laughs> that. But uh, you mentioned Jalen Tolbert. That's definitely a potential ad for this week. Odds are he was probably dropped. Um, I dro- I had him in one league. I definitely dropped him a few uh, last year or the beginning of this year. I forget which one. Um, and Kravit, you mentioned earlier you started Keaton Mitchell. That was a good call. I hadn't really been involved was still technically like the wide receiver. I mean, the running back three or four on the team. And this week got a chance to show how explosive he is. And even though Justice Hill, I think, still led the backfield, would you be surprised if Keaton Mitchell supplanted him towards the end of the year? Uh, I, one, not only did I start Keaton Mitchell, I was the highest scoring team in the league where I started Keaton Mitchell. I was lambasted for starting Keaton Mitchell because uh, I had no choice. My running backs in that I know league, the feeling. My, my running backs in that league were J.K. Dobbins and Khalil Herbert. They're both hurt. Damian Pierce was one. He's hurt and also bad. So the only two running backs that I were was able to start were Rashad White and Keaton Mitchell. And boy, oh boy, getting a combined 54 points out of those guys felt really goddamn good. I was also forced to start Daniel Jones with Josh Dobbs on the bench. It's only a one quarterback league, but I could have been a much higher scoring team. And the best part about it, the the creme de la creme, the cherry on top, the chef's kiss about it, is that the person that I was playing, I know listens to our show every single week. He's a very good friend of both of ours. Um, So I'm going to just sit here and talk about how I kicked the shit out of him with Keaton Mitchell starting as my running back one, where he started Josh Allen, where he started CeeDee Lamb, where he started Gus Edwards, who had two touchdowns, where he didn't have anybody of complete and utter, you know, consequence on the bench. He started the best lineup he could possibly put out there, put up 195.12 points, was the second highest scorer in the entire league. He has had weeks where he has been the highest, second highest scorer in that league and lost the third highest scorer in that league, and lost. But my ragtag team of Keaton Mitchell, Tank Dell, 
Jake Ferguson with Josh Dobbs on the bench, mind you, won and kicked the crap out of him. And I have his first round pick and he's out of the playoffs right now. So, hey, nowhere to go but up, bud. I hope to see you in the playoffs. I hope I get to see you soon. You're a good friend. It's crazy how things change week to week. Um, it makes me so happy. I so a couple of things just as we you know kind of close out for the night. Private, we mentioned. Um, actually, I don't know if well, we mentioned last week. We had the actual tie in a dynasty league, and I had never actually seen that before. And then Lord bless stat corrections took one yard, one single yard away from my opponent, and I was able to get a win. And then proceed to get killed last week, and I'm going to get killed this week. So ultimately, the win really didn't do anything. I mean, you were saying you're Hail Shivas. That's basically what you were telling me. You were praying yeah. to Shiva Kamini Summer Connor Crum. She granted you the win, but when Shiva giveth, Shiva taketh, and Shiva's about to take away some wins from you. Yeah, basically. In that regard. And then the second league, Kravit, you and I are together. We were actually talking about a potential trade live on air last mm, You withdrew and it, and I'm kind of glad you did. Well, I withdrew it, and just the situations we were in, we're both currently sitting actually back-to-back -back in the standings with the same exact record. And we're both out of the playoffs at the moment, but the funniest thing, well, I was the highest point scorer this week, and right now, as far as the league goes, I'm, like, tied for fifth in most points or something like that. Just absolutely crazy. And, like, one win, and I'm in the playoffs. Like, I don't understand how this week league works. And then one extra loss, and I'm back in 10th and in line for the third pick in the draft. No, I have no, no idea what's happening. Well, first and foremost, you are 8 right now. You're ranked 8th right now. You're in line for the fifth pick in the draft. Don't don't, don't come moment. taking my picks. Don't come taking it's, my picks. Oh, you're going to win this week. I'm going to skip over you. No, 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 I'm not. Am I going to win this week? Don't put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. No, I'm going to get my <laughs> dick kicked in this week. I'm really happy about it. I'm playing the same person who I just made fun of for losing to me for Keaton Mitchell. So he's going to come at me with some a little bit extra gusto this week. He's going to come at me with some extra fire this week, some extra fuego. Although he's starting B. John Robinson, who's garbage. So who knows? Maybe I will end up beating him. I hope I lose, though, because that is, of course, a tanking team. Um... Talking about my tanking teams, the 32-teamer, everything is going well there. Um, every 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 league I'm tanking in, I'm 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 good for a top three pick right now, so I can't really complain. I yeah, know. I don't I don't do tanking right. Just no. goes against my nature. It, it did go against my nature too, and 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 then I started to tank, and then I got really excited about tanking because. It, Having all of those assets, all those draft picks that could be anything, they could even be a boat. Like it's very exciting to me, to to to, to have that. I mean, it's just a hit of dopamine. That's really all it is. But it's exciting to have all of those just lined up in a row for you to see exactly um, any potential direction you want to bring your team into. You can, and I like having those options. Just like sure. I like having all of you guys follow us on Twitter at FDD underscore ethos or at BNK radio. Uh, uh, what else you got, Will? Keep an eye on Odell Beckham if he was dropped. Obviously a bad start, but he did complain about his usage and had a pretty solid game this past week. Uh, obviously, Mark Andrews is probably going to be the primary target. 
but wouldn't be surprised if his usage goes up a little bit as he's now like fully acclimated into the system and could potentially be a nice fill-in, you know, good guy to add down the stretch uh, for your leagues. Uh, if, if you like old people dating uh, Kim Kardashian, he is definitely the guy for. Was you. he dating Kim Kardashian now? Uh, I, th- I think that's what the rumor was. Oh, boy. Yes. Well, actually, then never mind, because (laughs) that woman is the killer of professional. See, this is why you have me around. I do shit like this. Speaking of doing shit like this, uh, we're back next week. Hopefully, I'll be 10-0. I've never gone on a 10-win streak before. Um, I don't want to be hashtag Mr. 10 in a row, because nothing ever good comes out of that. Do you get a plaque? I I don't know. It's never happened to me before. The only person who I know who was Mr. 10 in a row is the most cursed person that we have ever come into contact with. Oh, you so, may want to hope you lose I'm, that. I'm, I'm hoping not to follow in his footsteps on that regard. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody, as always, appreciate you. Find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Make sure you rate us, but rate us fairly. We're not out here fishing for five stars. Only give them to us if we deserve it. And if you don't think we deserve it, let us know what we can do better to make sure that you have the most optimal listening experience right here on first down dynasty he's bill nye the fantasy guy i'm the crab we'll see you next week right here on first down dynasty have a good night everybody